I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men ever. Maddie, I didn't watch this week's episode. What do I do? Oh, no. I guess we have to do a listener feedback episode because neither of us watched an episode of Wolverine and the X-Men. <laughs> is that the bit we're doing? I guess so. We definitely didn't do that on purpose, and we definitely no. didn't announce it in the last episode. We both just plum forgot. And now we have to read your emails, your tweets, your Discord messages, etc., etc., etc. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. reader mail everyone and you can literally i keep on calling it reader mail but nobody's reading the mutant ages they're not even reading the comic book i know i keep pointing that out to you it's not that's why i title this listener mail even though we call it reader mail every single time in the inbox for the mutant ages it's listed as reader mail and it is not that this is listeners you all are listening or viewing us on youtube and yes we do have a youtube channel but let's keep calling it reader mail because it's fun yeah reader mail and you can send in your listener mail to us at the mutant ages at gmail.com and we answer your questions here or you can go to our discord and if you haven't joined our lovely community of discord mutant agers you can do that by going to the mutantages.com and there's a link over to the right that says discord if you have any issues accessing it you can always just shoot us an email and we'll make sure we get you that link and in the discord there's a place called listener questions mm -hmm. so there's many ways you can reach us you could even mail us a question although i don't know if it'd be really funny if somebody sent us a postcard to our p.o box that was just like a question like a pretty cruise postcard and on the back it was like ryan and maddie what are your thoughts on when bishop tried to kill hope as a baby and like that's what it's like <laughs> says on the back of this postcard Honestly, someone should do that. Someone <laughs> should do that because we would answer it. We would you know answer. What? Honestly, it. please do it from Disney because we love Disney here. And if you're in Disney, get us a postcard. Sure. Or honestly, you know, if you're not going to Disney and you're going on a different vacation, we'll take a postcard from anywhere. I'm not going to discriminate. Or like somewhere tropical. Send us those tropical vibes <laughs> because Brian just wants to go to either Florida, California, or somewhere tropical. So can you you all just do that? <laughs> For him, and then send him a postcard. Ryan's just living on a boat. Ryan just misses the heat every single day of his life and never shuts up about it. Oh my God. This morning I woke up and it was 59 degrees, and I was like, what the hell is this shit now? Meanwhile, I'm like, thank God I don't have to crank the AC all day again. I mean, it's nice to have the windows open, admittedly, but I, I like it when it's 85. All right. Anyway, so I'm going to send you the first one here, Maddie, so you can be the first person to read this listener mail, and then I'll take the next two. Okay. So this email is from Joe March, which is 
is a character from Little Women or possibly a real person who is named after that character. I did not know that. Kitty knows who's from Little Women now. <laughs> I know. I know. So Joe March writes, Maddie and Ryan, Ryan and Maddie. Hello. With a lot of exclamation points, which is very <laughs> cute. Um, I, you guys so much. I think they forgot a verb oh. there. I'm going to guess they maybe put a heart in. There is a heart. It's on my word. Yeah, and the heart didn't copy and paste. No, it didn't. So this is, I heart you guys so much. I was wondering why there was such a long pause. I was like, did she forget how to read? (laughs) (laughs) No, I heart you guys. And I'm really thankful for the joy you've brought me in some not so great times. And Todd, I want Todd on every show. You guys are a great team. Me too. Me too. Although, as I have explained, it takes significantly longer to edit when it's the three of us because we talk over each other constantly. And I have to like move every clip around. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's just like Todd, Maddie and I screaming. It's just all of us, all three of us talking simultaneously. And luckily, the <laughs> listeners never need to know that happens. Anyway, back to Joe's email. I was wondering if you had any thoughts about the recent Miles Morales Thor comic. At this point, I would rather consume comics through smart and funny analysis like yours and few other folks. As a black person, I'm so frustrated with the caricatures and crap treatment in popular culture and almost every fandom. I'd rather read fanfic for thoughtful characterization and human stories. It's 2022. I'm incredibly frustrated that even as the world is closer to ending, we still can't get fair treatment and there isn't a black American slash African American female superhero. Shuri doesn't count. The Dora Majalne don't count. There are big differences slash divisions between black Americans and Africans. Mm. I'm so happy for my Asian and Pakistani families who finally see representation. But as usual, black women get lesser treatment. I was hoping for more with Monica Rambeau. Me too, Joe. I know. (laughs) But the first black female on-screen superhero apologized for the bad behavior of a white character. I understand it's a separate issue from the Miles disrespect, but it's related to me. In the MCU, almost 30 movies, nearly 10 TV shows, and barely a whiff of positive black American female representation. In the comics, we're still being reduced to bad slang, rap, and harmful stereotypes. Ugh. Thanks again for what you do and the joy you bring. I think you've mentioned that you get a lot of emails or messages from fans who say they came out later in life. It me. (laughs) Thanks for showing me just how queer some of my childhood heroes were. It helps so much. Stay safe. This is a wonderful email. Ryan, did you hear the controversy about this comic that Joe's referring to? Or is I this a total, total so news to you? Can you fill me in? Because I don't read Spider-Man, so that's why. Oh, I mean, I don't read Spider-Man either, as everyone knows from the show, because we always are like, who cares about Spider-Man? Well, okay, that's a lie. <laughs> sometimes I've reached, sometimes I read Spider-Gwen. Yes, we we love we love us some Spider-Gwen. I have read some Miles Morales comics. Um, I have played the game etc. I only saw this because this was a very controversial comic, which was written by a white author. Of course. Well, yeah, I mean, it's tough because then I ended up Googling the guy and I was like, is this guy like what's his situation? And he's like Jewish and Mexican. But like that, I don't know. It was weird. Like a lot of people were like, this guy's a white guy. And then I was like, is he? But like he didn't It doesn't matter. He's not a black writer. And a lot of times they have black writers or Latino writers writing uh, Miles because he is a black Latino character. And that is just a part of who he is. And it's not a part of who Brian Michael Bendis is, who originated the character. But I know people have criticized some of those very early Miles comics with good reason, because he was like a really simple character at first. And a lot of other writers have like brought forward other parts of his identity in interesting ways. So I don't know. People were really upset by this comic because it's just like a series of 
offensive stereotypes it was definitely something that like people were upset about for a few days i do remember hearing about this because it was people were discussing it within our discord being like what's up with this miles morales thing and i was like yeah it's it's one of those things where i work a lot and so once when i see these things i'm like oh i do i want to read this and then i miss it and then it's over yeah i I know Yeah. I mean, I think the guy apologized. It was it was just one of those scenarios where, at least to me, it's not just that, like, sometimes Marvel comics are written by people who don't know what they're doing. (laughs) It's also like Marvel as a whole is changing a lot still. And like, there's a lot of white editors. There's a lot of people (sighs) who aren't catching these things. It's true. Although I do feel like Marvel comics right now while that this kind of stuff is happening it's they gotta have some sort of internal controversy or problems going on because so much of it is a lot of the writers and editors pushing back on these things that happen to pass through while i think for the most part i I think we are going in the right direction with marvel but like it's still taking its time you know what i mean like because i actually just spoke on um being a fan of disney podcast you were breaking down the queer coding oh yeah and disney is like a whole other (laughs) and yeah one of the questions he asked me was like oh do you think disney's doing enough or should they be taking steps or doing more and i'm like well what are these steps like these are fictional steps we're taking yeah and i'm like i think the answer is yes we're heading in the right direction but it's taking such a slow uphill climb because Mm -hmm. that is every point of marginalization is a slow uphill climb right yeah and it's all based in stereotype there's there's Mm -hmm. no if we could just drop that none of this would be a problem I think, yes, Disney and Marvel are going in the right direction, but they make a lot of mistakes on the way because they're so, so scared of displeasing their investors. What's interesting about this, though, is that if you go way back to like the 60s and 70s when Marvel wasn't as big of a company and it was like Jewish writers who by and large weren't allowed to publish in other formats because of discrimination they were facing and like other marginalized writers who were writing comics, the result is that a lot of old comics are significantly more radical than the comics from today, which I talk about all the time, but I'm like... I kind of miss the days when, like, no one was paying attention to Marvel comics. I know. Yeah, where it's I like, know. that's the fucking Monica Rambeau times. Yeah. And I mean, that's sort of cold comfort for Joe March and, frankly, for me with Monica Rambeau today, where I'm like, this isn't Monica Rambeau. Like, come on. Like, she should be so much more badass and self-assured than this version of her. Like, she's so awesome. Well, maybe she will in the Marvels. I hope so. Me too. Me too. I recognize that is still going to be, like, a white woman that is in the lead. I know. Although it is a woman, which is different from I Marvel. know, and it is cool to think, like, okay, we're going to have three female characters in this rad show, and one is a Pakistani-American, one is a black American woman. Right. That's pretty fucking cool. And they're all actually the Marvels. Like, that's canon from the comics, too. Oh, right. So that's yeah. pretty fucking cool, too. But... I agree with Joe. Like, where the fuck is our Storm movie? That is what I keep saying. I mean, like, Storm, like Storm is, a is our fave example. for a reason. Like, we love her. And she was created, again, we're talking decades ago, she was created to be the counterpoint to Wonder Woman. Like, not only was Marvel, like, okay, we need a Wonder Woman. Let's make her a black woman. Like, okay, yes, I will concede, Joe, she is from Africa, and that isn't quite what you're asking for. However, I do think it's so fucking rad that back then they were like, okay, we're going to make our version of Wonder Woman a black woman. She's going to be the most powerful person (laughs) on the planet. And then a few years later, they were like, 
And she's going to get a fucking mohawk and date a woman. And like, okay, the comics code is going to prevent us from saying that shit. But she is also queer. Like, damn, dude. Like, that's fucking awesome that they did that back then. And like, they did the best they could with Storm at that time. So I'm really wanting that. But I hear you, Joe. I really wanted more for Monica. I want a Monica Rambeau movie so bad. Like, I love her so much. If I can't imagine why somebody would go back and listen to the the Insomniacs in the Morning podcast that we did before this show. Oh, my um, God. But someone could and they could find like years ago when I was first reading That's all those Monica Rambeau comics. Yeah, yeah. And I was like telling Ryan every week, like, I love this character. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> nodding my head. It's like, I've been telling you to read this for I years. I know, <laughs> I know. It was so cool. It was, I agree. I also agree that there is not enough representation for black for, American women. For the yeah. black community in the MCU. And it's a it's a problem. And there's some other characters that I know they're coming, like, we're going to have Blade. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm psyched for Blade. <laughs> I, me too. But we also had Misty Knight, who's been... Like yeah. most of the characters in the Defenders have been shoved off in the corner. Oh, but she, I know. That actress was incredible she was amazing yeah and we really wanted misty knight to get her own tv show afterwards we're on team she had some really fun comics too by the way like talk about yet another character who's actually from decades ago like joe i don't know if this would make you feel better or not but go back and read some of those 60s I'm comics sure because has. like I, she sure probably she already has. has she I probably also already wanted has. to say <laughs> I also want to point out that I relate to this not as like a black person because I'm clearly white but mm-hmm. like as I said I just was on this other podcast a couple weeks ago yeah we gotta link this in the show notes because Ryan yeah, guessed it on we this do. Disney podcast I, yeah I, we talked for two and a half hours about queer coding and queer people and queer people in Disney and mm-hmm. I said in there I'm like I'm like there's not enough black representation beyond Black Panther and yeah. I I was also like there's also like zero queer representation so i feel this and i, I like yep. i'm also glad it sucks yeah. yeah i you know i'm really glad that the asian and pakistani families have gotten to see the representation yeah that, like i'm happy that's there and those are incredible pieces of media but i also i'm like can we please <laughs> see some gays <laughs> in the MCU because we talked about who was there and like how Loki is like the first bisexual in the, the Marvel yeah, MCU, but we're going to shove him back in the closet to have him date a female version of himself. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel. The only real queerness we saw was between Carolina and Nico on Runaways. Which wasn't even in the MCU at the time. Just pointing it out. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think it is now. It is but- now, but I'm just saying like... That was actually existing in this weird, like, is it canon it was, zone? It, it was in the MCU, but it wasn't, like, referenced by, like, the movies. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. It's kind of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's tough. I mean, like, as a bi person who's obviously dated men, I'm always like, you know what? It's okay when bi characters date somebody who's the opposite gender. I think that's rad. But I'm also like, why aren't you ever showing them dating someone of the same gender? Yeah, though? I was gonna say that doesn't work unless they <laughs> like, have you other queer characters to, to compare show that to. That they also date people of the same gender, or else oh this is God. not going to really show know. anything because it's like, what are you afraid of? I don't know. I was like, really. Okay, say so with Loki, I think it would be great well. That's what I'm referring he, to. Okay, but wouldn't it be great if he? was dating both Sylvie and Morbius or Mobius. That's his name. Morbius is a different thing. 
What if he was oh also dating God. Morpheus from Morpheus. the Sandman and also from the Matrix? The what Matrix. if he was dating both Morpheuses? Um, oh okay, goodness. but like, here's my other thing. Why did they invent a clone of Loki who is a woman so that he could date himself? I'm down for Loki to date himself, but why wouldn't he date himself as in him? So yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying like they were really, really intentionally making it heteronormative, basically, is kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. And that's like a huge problem. And I like how I this one email is making a spiral. But the answer is this. We, <laughs> this we is agree a wonderful email. Joe, I really feel for you. Storm needs her own movie and her own TV show. Monica needed her own movie, quite I frankly. Agree. And, you know, Wait, well, we are getting Ironheart. You know what? Good example. Riri, new character. She deserves something more than just yeah. like a little handshake with Shuri in the next Black Panther movie. Like she deserves well, her own. I shit. mean, she's getting a TV show, but we'll see what happens. So. Yeah, we will see what happens. Exactly. We will see what happens. All right. Uh, thank you for writing in. Our next email is just really short. It's from Rich, who says, Hi, guys. Can't express how much I've enjoyed your podcast. Would Aww. love to know if you have any upcoming convention appearances or group hangouts planned. Oh, I fucking best, wish, dude. Rich. When are we going to a con again? <laughs> you know, I keep looking at conventions that I would want to attend, but I don't know what I want to attend around here. But there's some conventions that are out there that I would really love to check out that are more queer centric. Like mm. there's definitely like some gay comic book conventions and gay gaming conventions that I would love to tap into. That seems like a much better fit for us, <laughs> especially these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also with like a general comic con, that would be great. We we did do Aresia twice. But we did. We're no longer in the Aresia circuit, but that would be another great example of a convention we'd be willing to do because Aresia is very queer mm-hmm. embracing. But and- I, I do feel like Aresia is a little outside of just the Mutant Ages wheelhouse, not in a bad way. It's just it's much more sci-fi books and stuff like that. They did, but Aresia did have a lot of cool panels that did break down mutants and their metaphors that were not suggested by us. So, like, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, We would love to do a convention again. I feel like when the time is right, we'll know. Yeah, I would love to do a live podcast recording. We don't really have enough fans to justify that, but maybe we'll do it anyway at some point. I don't know. I think at some point, maybe you guys will have to share it with your friends because that will help get us more listeners yeah guys come on make us famous so that conventions can come to us and invite us (laughs) (laughs) but to answer your question rich and to anybody listening if there are conventions that you know about that you think would be in our wheelhouse you know shoot us a message on discord or you're going yourself you're planning to go and you're like hey this is at least in the ballpark of the northeast maddie and ryan could probably drive to this right because you know probably we can't afford to fly somewhere because it's us. I mean, but that's not true. I think we could fly somewhere if it was like. Well, we would need some more advanced notice. Con. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Well, just I don't know. We're we're open to it. I'm open to it. How's that? Yeah, me too. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for writing in. We'll let you know as soon as we know <laughs> because we do want to begin. I can. I barely see Maddie as it is. So there's that. I know. <laughs> I'm terrible. Well, actually, it's not my fault. I was going to say, we're both busy. It's not Honestly, like... Honestly, it's you these days. Ryan is hard at work. I am. All right. So another email here from Bernie who writes in, Hey, Maddie and Ryan. First time, long time, I guess. Aww. I'm a catch-up listener who started the series back in November of 2021 where they announced the reboot of X-Men TAS. Nice. I just finished season five and figured it was a good time to send my app 
my uh, my application my appreciation and also <laughs> postpone rewatching Wolverine Origins. You know mm. what? You can listen to our episode about X Men Origins. Please don't rewatch it, Bernie. I hope it's not too late. Please yeah, don't rewatch that. Just skip that one. Like, be kind We're to funny. yourself, Bernie. Watch our version. I mean, watch. Listen. I keep on acting like people are either reading or watching. If there was a video version of you and me and Todd doing that episode, screaming. First of all, I would watch it every day <laughs> because <laughs> I would be like, "Oh my god, the facial expressions." But yeah, same. There is not. There's tragically oh not a goodness. video version of that. Um. I love the approach you guys bring to the show and have found it has sharpened my analysis of media beyond even the X-Men. Aww. Uh, the political aspects of the show left me truly impressed with their prescience and the metaphors you bring forward seem so obvious and reign so true. And yet I fail to fully understand them in my previous samplings of X-Men media. Now my reading of Wolverine is forever shaded by his obvious philandering <laughs> pansexuality, and I'm perfectly happy with that. You're welcome, Bernie. One thing I kept thinking of, as you mentioned your playthroughs of X-Men games, have you guys encountered X-Men Cartoon Maker? I'm not sure how popular it was broadly, but among my friend group, it was our primary exposure to X-Men TS, even above the show itself. Hmm. Some of the elements they chose to include are very strange and barely appear in the show, leaving me to assume that some minor points would be much more prominent. I still can't believe the giant space wheel goldfish was only in one brood episode as my imagination had built an entire histories based on the cartoon maker. <laughs> anyway, I know it's not a typical game and may not fit your playthrough model, but you may enjoy it as creatives or just for the quick novelty of the built-in demos. Can't wait to start my watch through of evolution and look forward to catching up with you guys sooner or later. See you next time. Bernie. Okay, so I didn't even know this existed until yeah. I saw this email and I looked it up and I'm like, Maddie, we absolutely have to do this on the channel because yep. it's like kid pics. I but know. With like the X-Men, basically. And we did not know this existed and I can't believe we didn't know this existed. I started watching some YouTube videos that people have made recently with it and it's like the funniest shit I've ever seen. And I'm like, we absolutely have to do this. Yeah, we definitely have to do it. We do have to make a video of it. Yeah. I know it doesn't really fit our usual model, but... It's X-Men. Maybe we need to get Todd and Katie yes. in on it, too, to help us like come up with some ideas as we're like designing these. Oh, my God. Katie would be losing her mind. Katie and, like, would be losing be her mind. putting Gabbit in a dress, you know? Ah, God, I love it. I love it. I don't know. It's really <laughs> funny. I like, and it plays sound effects too. So as you're putting the animation in, it has these funny sound effects. Like when somebody's talking, it's like, and they'll be like, it's like, this is the nineties guys on computers. I it was a it. time for sound effects that have never been recreated anywhere. I, we need to do this. I'm yeah. so pumped about this. Thanks so much for this suggestion. Yeah. Although, I do think it's really funny that your, um, or sorry, that Bernie's interpretation of the X Men was based on this this game, and it's like I love that, yeah. But I feel like that happens all the time, where like you end up with this weird, wrong interpretation of something because like your parents buy you the toys, but like you've never seen the show, you don't know what it is. In my case, like a lot of times, my parents would get us toys at like yard sales because it was really cheap. So Mink and I would just end up with like random toys from stuff we didn't know about. Like we had a lot of He-Man stuff, but 
but we only watch She-Ra. So like all of my He-Man knowledge is just from the toys. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I don't even know what the powers are for most of these characters. I just like have them and I've invented my own versions of who they are. And then like later you watch the show and you're like, wait, that's what his voice sounds like? It's just like all completely different from what you imagine. I think a lot about when you were had all those She-Ra toys and you had that Entrapta and you like, made her a good guy because you didn't really know yeah exactly <laughs> and i think i did that with like was there a character named like double trouble or something where she was like a, a double agent oh and i was like well she's a good guy no you're thinking of double trouble in the new series that turned out to be flood arena okay well that's a different they like changed the character but there was the original no, version of double trouble who is from he-man yeah oh yeah no but there's i think i thought double trouble was she-ra like in the original run I don't think so. I'm now Googling her. Sorry, yeah, I, didn't, like, I didn't mean to bring up what? He-Man because that is a whole other, like genuinely, like also there's gay. another universe where you and I did a She-Ra and He-Man podcast instead of this. <laughs> and it's like kind of well, the same as I this. I don't know. Listen, it's the same other universe where we're doing like gargoyles. I know. I'm just saying like there is another universe where that happened. And my sister was just as obsessed with the show in that universe. Just saying. Oh, yeah. No. Well, that's just a future of the mutant ages because we have plenty of years to keep this podcast going and we'll just morph into whatever we want it to be. Yeah, we'll morph into a mighty Morphin Power Rangers episodes. I mean, I would it's do that, but I don't time. think you would enjoy that. So uh, what are you talking about? I loved Power Rangers as a kid. Did you really? Yes, I had a Trini doll. Okay. Hello, I was Trini for Halloween. And my mom made me ent an entire Trini costume and it was really hard to sew because it was like a thousand listen, pieces. I just assumed you didn't watch it because your mom was like, listen, the leads of this are mostly male. There's two girls no, and I appreciate them. No, my mom them. loved it because the girls punched people and that was allowed to be watched. I was allowed to watch Power Rangers. I was I allowed to watch very specific basis. things. Okay, I love the basis for what your mom allowed you to watch. And it was like whether or not the women got to punch people or not yep, which is that's so pretty much funny. it that's because your it. mom also would not punch a person which is really funny to me but okay mm -hmm. would she though <laughs> she might she might secretly punch somebody i don't know, I don't know. um maddie i just forwarded you to the next email because there's pictures and i'm gonna have you take okay, this one hold on i don't even have that open all right that's <laughs> okay. fine i know it's like so, it's from elena and like okay. i I just feel like I'm, I'm reading all of them. I'm laughing at this. Okay. Oh my okay. god. Okay. So this next email is from Elena, uh, it, and it is titled "Wolverine is not qualified for this job." So she writes, "The subject line is my preferred title for this show. I've never seen it before, and I love experiencing it with the Mutant Ages team." Wow, that's so uh, shocking. Elena's been a longtime listener. I feel like Elena knows so much X-Men lore. I know, and I'm shocked she hasn't seen Wolverine and the yeah. X-Men. I am amazed. Yes, me too. She continues. Uh, this is these are numbers she's included. Number one. I think Logan needs to be animated shorter, but I love that his relationship yeah. with Beast has survived all three animated adaptations. I oh agree. My God. Although, honestly, they really feel like they're on the rocks these days. Like, Beast wasn't even in the most recent episode we watched. He was just like, fuck off, Logan. I'm not even here right now. Like, poor Beast. I know. Okay, number two. Even though I'm sad Rogue and Mystique don't get any interaction on this show, I love her goth sapphic relationship with Mommy Dom Domino. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, and then she includes this sexy screenshot of Dom and Rogue talking to each other. It kind of looks like Dom is grabbing her breast, but you know. It does. It looks like they're getting it on. And Rogue is like, ah. You know, it's Rogue disaster bisexual. She's like, I don't know if I want this right now, but I but also I do. want it right now. Sugar, sugar. sugar. <laughs> Number three, 
I love the little moments of wordless communication between characters that conveys a deep foundation of trust and shows they actually do like each other. And then there's this screenshot from the episode Overflow where Kitty and Logan are just looking at each other. I really agree with this one. Me too. We've talked about it a few times. There's That's something Wolverine and the X-Men does really well that I will happily compliment. Um, there are many moments, especially with Logan and other characters, where they just look at each other and they're like, okay, you do this, I do that. Great. And yeah. it works really, really well. Uh, number four, Wolverine tapping his claws to make a tink, tink, tink sound <laughs> on Emma's diamond form for the first time she showed it off was adorable. I don't think I noticed this. That's I fucking did. hilarious. It's really funny. He's like, tink, tink, tink. And <laughs> Emma's just like ignoring him. <laughs> number five. <laughs> Emma's real power being able to use her boobs as a transition between scenes. I guess this was True like a crossfade between Emma's boobs and Emma's boobs in another scene. I don't know what this is from, but it's a hilarious Listen, screenshot. This is just Emma as a person. You know what? And I'm here for it because Emma Frost is one of those characters that's like, I have boobs and yeah, you're going to look at them, but you're also stupid. Yeah. And she's like, I'm dressing like this because I enjoy it. And if it's distracting you, that's just a bonus because it means I'm going to kill you. And she's like, she's like, also seems kind of like a you problem if you're distracted. She's incredible. Uh, I love her. Um, number six. I love the episode where Kurt got to be a pirate, but none of that needed to happen. If only <laughs> Magneto had arranged transportation infrastructure to actually help his people right? get to his quote unquote promised land. What the fuck, Eric? It's barbaric to make a disenfranchised people put themselves at the mercy of the very exploitative humans he is apparently trying to save them from. Did he run out of tentacle arms? <laughs> Oh my god, I love this. You know, we didn't even talk about that on that episode, but she brings up a valid point. Extremely like, why? valid. Like, how does Eric think anybody's going to get there? He's like, okay, yeah. good luck. And it's like, there's Come no to Genosha, way to get here. no transport here. Honestly, the easiest way to get to Genosha is actually to get arrested by the MRD, because apparently that's going to get you sent straight there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is the... The reveal, right? Yeah, that's oh like God. the secret way to get there. Although it is kind of a toss up because if you're too powerful, the MRD won't let you go. Yeah, so pretty much. that is tough. If you're too gay, you can't go. Number seven. I know neither of you liked excessive force. That's not true. I mean, we had a great time. That's so far my favorite episode on this TV show because it's so stupid. I loved it. She continues. I kind of love seeing the normally so controlled and straight edged Cyclops turn into a total unhinged, messy bitch, destroying the sewer system of NYC. In parentheses, Bayville. Honestly, <laughs> is it Bayville? Is it Bayville? Because there's, there's no people who live here. So we should just start referring to NYC as Bayville again. Uh, she continues on some wild goose chase for his missing girlfriend. This moment where he slowly opened his visor to pwn Blockbuster and Vertigo was particularly badass. And that's not a word I usually ascribe to Cyclops of all people. I totally agree with this, Elena. And we did talk about that a bit on the episode, how now we actually kind of like Cyclops on this show, even when he won't close his eyes and is being insane. Yeah. Because he's really fun to watch. And it like introduces necessary conflict. And it's like right. helping the dramatic tension of the show to have Cyclops be this way. Right. It's also nice to have Cyclops as not a leader and yes. have him just be totally totally unhinged and it's yep. a more interesting story for him because it's funny he's still retaining that really annoying personality he has even yep. though he's totally unhinged yeah, and more interesting which i like that's good writing he's still like screaming a bunch of nonsense about we have to find gene right now nobody's paying attention everyone's like cyclops shut up like it's still <laughs> it's like everyone's cyclops. doing their fucking best dude like we are getting arrested by the mrd constantly and like trying to save the fucking world and cyclops is like where my girlfriend 
I know, but it's like just so much funnier when he is like not a Boy Scout, but still retains the annoyingness. But now he's like goth annoying. He's so emo. It's really funny. It's super funny and still feels totally in character for Scott. Like this is how Scott would have a breakdown. It really works. By destroying New York City. Ironically, Jean just eats planets (laughs) when she has a breakdown. She's like, I mean, I can't believe Scott cheated me on me with Logan and now I have to eat an entire galaxy. Like that's kind of Jean's deal. Um, That was actually the Phoenix Force and it had nothing to do with what Jean also just so happened to want to do. So just bear that in mind. Of course. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Okay. So Elena continues. The two things that drive Scott's character are A, leading the X-Men and B, being in love with Jean. If he can't lead the X-Men, then Jean is the only other thing he can put his energy toward. I think Logan needs to take him in hand and give him something else to do because otherwise like a blowjob, take him in hand job. (laughs) Otherwise, if he's not an alcoholic, unshaven mess in his apartment, he's going to keep occupying the quote loose cannon unquote archetype that Logan himself so recently vacated. Yes, I'm advocating that Logan take a dominant role in Cyclops's life. And bed, so the poor guy can really devote himself to Logan's dick instead of trying to beat up anyone who might have a clue as to where Gene is. Yours faithfully, Elena. I completely agree. I think Logan Wait, is like. Has Logan truly vacated that loose cannon archetype on this show? He kind of hasn't. That's a good point. He's still a loose cannon because I don't think he knows how to not be one, which is interesting to watch and like plays into the title that you're titling the show which is Wolverine is not qualified for this job because he just doesn't know how to be a leader in that way like he's so used to being a loose cannon that when he's forced into being the responsible one he just gets like confused and cranky and like yells at people to take off their clothes and put on their costumes (laughs) and it's like Logan what are you doing I feel like the other piece of it is that like I think Logan's a switch but that his main desire is to be a sub you know what i mean like at the end of the day he wants somebody to tell him what to do and that that's part of why the like logan scott relationship is sort of interesting because like scott is usually the leader telling logan what to do and logan is the bratty sub who's like i don't want to do that but inwardly he's like relieved to be told what to do if that makes sense yeah and no he is so when he now needs to be the top in scott's life and bed he's like confused and kind of scared and it's like (laughs) i really need you to get your shit together because like this isn't our relationship dynamic and i don't know how to serve this role for you you know what i mean it's interesting to see i really like it as a conflict for them it's fun yeah me too i i enjoy this part of the show as those two together and uh, this is there's a very romantic shot here that Elena has included that we also put in that YouTube did, video yeah. where Cyclops basically falls romantically into Logan's arms. I think this is at the end of Excessive Force yeah. uh, in, in Sinister's lair after Scott has collapsed and realized that he needs to just succumb to Wolverine's leadership and be yeah. uh, be an X-Men. And then he's like, fine, I'll stay. So... <laughs> Anyway. And Logan's like, are you going to be here or are you going to be, be here? Because if, if you're going to be, be here, you should be, be here. here. Be here. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> that episode, I, just going back to the beginning of that uh, with the excessive force. Yeah. This is like the third time I've seen people comment saying that neither of us liked excessive force. And I really have to f- stress that. We did. I loved that episode <laughs> more than any other episode of this series besides the one that was in the future with Xavier that I really liked. I think excessive force right now is topping the charts for me when we get to the end of the season and mm-hmm. we ask what my favorite episode is going to be. 
it's this one because I, I I don't typically go back and listen to our episodes more than once. I just listen to it once for production stuff. But yeah. I've like actively sat with people being like, no, listen to this really good episode we did on excessive force. And it's been really funny. I think it's one of the better episodes we've recorded. I think it's one of the better episodes of the show we've watched because mm-hmm. Mr. Sinister is so good. You can't put Mr. Sinister and Cyclops losing his mind into one episode and not have it be so funny. And the freaking Marauders are so gay. I don't know. I just love it. I love that dynamic. And I love that Scott loses his mind and Sinister's just like, this is really funny to watch, honestly. <laughs> like Sinister clapping sarcastically is so good. <laughs> it's a really good up. I, I mean, it doesn't need to be there, but it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think we gave it like a three and I feel like people are sort of judging it based on the rating, which makes sense, which it's like, this isn't like a good episode in the sense that it doesn't need to be part of this show, but it's a five out of five in our hearts. I mean, we would have written something like this. Anything that makes us sing Rocky Horror that much means we're enjoying it. Like that's right, exactly. how we express love. <laughs> exactly. Our next email is from Clinton who writes, I was thinking about how Xavier could possibly know the future has changed at the end of the show without it being real time. and thought of a very Professor X solution. Maybe he didn't know, but instead it creates save states of his own memory in other people's minds to know oh, if his memory has been altered and compares memories to the save state while fucking around in the people's heads without permission. <laughs> Seems like something he would do. Regards, Clinton. Okay, I'm just assuming that the save states is him going back into the past with, like, Logan and storing it in Logan's brain. Because, like... Because <laughs> Logan's brain is such a mess. That's the real reason why he's going to the astral plane with Logan all the time is actually that's just a save point for him. And he's like, I'm not really here to talk to you, Logan. I'm just here to, like, store more stuff in your brain in a corner that you won't notice it. Yeah. That's wild. It is wild. I... <laughs> believe it i also like now we kind of know from the krakoa era that that xavier is capable of doing that with cerebro which back in this time period he wasn't but we could assume that he is doing that and then he wouldn't need to use other people's minds it's possible that jonathan hickman went to the show and was like hmm god i doubt that or or really (laughs) any of these scenarios with xavier in the future because at the end of this season they call up Xavier and they're like, we stopped the Sentinel program, Xavier. How is things going? He's like, well, that didn't really happen, but now Apocalypse is. But he has memory of him going back in time to tell Logan to change things. And now he's like, no, the reality changed in the future and it's this now. So I don't know. Clinton's idea tracks, mm-hmm. which is incredibly fucked up. <laughs> like, Yeah. I wonder if the show's going to explain that. Like if Xavier himself is like, I don't remember the Sentinels, except I do through you <laughs> like what? is he gonna yeah. say that okay one of the interesting parts about x-men the animated series was when forge was sending bishop back in time and every single time bishop came back he'd be like all right forge i did it and forge is like did what what did you do yeah i liked that though because forge would always be like who are you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that makes ah. sense though because it's like bishop <laughs> remembers it because he lived it so he has his own memories yeah but like no one else does Right. You know? I don't know. Yeah. All right. So our next email comes from Kurt, who says, Hi, I'm Kurt, and I really like your guys' podcast. I want to give you a kind of funny story thing. I'm currently the head of my school's D&D club, and I'm our drama club. And one other... Oh, I think it says... When it was originally called GSA, Gender Sexuality Alliance, however, our teacher and her fiancé, who I kid you not, is named Irene, and our GSA <laughs> club has been named the Siblinghood of Gays. I thought Aww. you would appreciate that in our teacher's references. I love that. The Siblinghood of Gays. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. And then, then he sent another email that says, hi, it's Kurt again. I know you already got an email from me about my wonderful teachers. Anyway, I just finished an X-Men Evolution fic. I remember now you guys have Warcraft. I think he's talking about... Um, Warcraft Valley. Where you read your old fix and... I thought of one you might like. It contains Charles bashing, Eric being the worst father, Logan being a wonderful dad, the brotherhood, Kurt being very gay, and many other things. And here's, here's a link. So I'm including this email here because I love it when you all send us fan fictions to read. And we do read them. Mm-hmm. I want it to be clear that when you all send us fan fiction, we read it. I <laughs> read it. <laughs> and if it's one you've written, I have read it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, Send us your favorite fanfics because we love them. And honestly, we get more representation for queerness in those than we do in the actual Marvel comics, as was pointed out by Joe March at the beginning of this email. Mm-hmm. So it's always a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I I appreciate it. I, I mean, maybe people are a little bit shy to send us their fa- their own fanfics, which is completely valid. But it's fun when people do that. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm going to read this next one here. That's from Lavender Nebula, who says, which X-Men would Gambit be most likely heal at for, in his opinion, not being good enough at cooking? In X-Men, the animated series, he seemed like he was personally offended that Jim wasn't seasoning Christmas dinner enough. Unless he was just upset because of holiday stress, he would probably completely lose his marbles if he saw one of his teammates making, for example, a traditional Midwest under-seasoned casserole <laughs> who would be most likely to get yelled at by Gambit for being a mediocre cook? This is a fun question because it first of all, I feel like question. many of the X-Men can't cook. I want to point out that this was posted in the Discord listener mail and which our listeners immediately were like, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Because there were multiple episodes of X-Men Evolution where Kitty where was Kitty like, it is like murdering people she's like baking these terrible muffins Muffins that are like causing disastrous environmental effects you know what's really neat is like this is kitty baking though and i'm gonna put it out there i don't think gambit is a baker i think he's a chef which are two Mm -hmm. very different things and i Mm -hmm. think that if there's anybody who's a baker on the team it's beast Mm, because of the chemistry scenario right he'd be like my ex who would always just sit there and talk about all the the chemistry of it all yeah of the baking and he wasn't even good at baking so it was like <laughs> i don't know I, I remember a friend elena a different elena who was like i don't know why you keep saying that because he's wrong and she was a baker so <laughs> it was really funny i feel like hank would be good at it though yeah i think hank would actually be good at it but yeah i think gene is somebody who would of course be like gene gray all the time and coming in and be like Listen, this is how you do it because I'm Jean Grey and I know exactly what I'm doing. And Gambit's like, no, you fucking don't. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, Jean, Jean and Scott would probably be cooking some very bland foods, I think. Logan just wouldn't know how to cook because, I mean, I think Logan has good taste. No, no, but... no, 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 no. Logan can grill. Logan can grill. That's I think true. Logan would be good at grilling. And I don't think Remy would insult that because you can't really fuck up grilling because I mean you can but like the point of it is to grill it so mm-hmm. I don't know I don't think Jubilee would work because Jubilee I don't think cooks anything I think she does hot pockets uh, <laughs> you know I do know Emma never cooks she has somebody cook for her I mean that's mm-hmm. Emma Frost right do you think Bobby cooks I think Bobby cooks in the way that I do where he buys those frozen bags of food and just like throws in a stir fry it's like it's done like I He's got to be like me in that sense. Uh huh. Plus, he loves frozen foods because he's Iceman. So, you know, just makes sense. He just eats it frozen. He's like, I just love eating a frozen bag of vegetables. And we're like, Bobby, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> the real answer is that Gambit cooks and many of the X-Men do not because they are too busy with other shit. 
They're too mm-hmm. busy being freedom fighters. I think, actually, I think Rogue can cook, and I don't think Gambit would diss her. I could see that. I would think Rogue and Gambit would cook together, and it'd be very romantic for them. I think they would, too. And I think Rogue would be just as annoyed at somebody doing a bad Southern dish as mm-hmm. Gambit would be. Like, I think they would just both be equally annoyed by that kind of stuff. And I think Aurora can cook really well, too. I bet yeah, if there's somebody definitely. that can, she could. Because, you know, she's also up in her greenhouse all the time. I think it's in the same brain space as understanding plants and how to nurture them is also how to nurture food mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't really i can't really think of anybody unless we go into the comic books and we start being like quentin choir like i don't know i think <laughs> like if we're looking at this particular generation like i bet kurt probably tries to cook and i i doubt he does it very well because that doesn't seem like something he would be good at or have like the attention span for i think mm-hmm. he would cook and be like i made everybody dinner and it's like kurt did you like pay attention while you're making it because this is awful but they don't <laughs> say that and gambit's just like this sucks <laughs> also i would put xavier in the emma category where he's only ever had people prepare food for him so he has no idea how to do it just as an and aside warren. warren also doesn't yes. know how to prepare yes. food for himself all the rich characters don't know how to prepare food yeah exactly good question yeah that's a fun question my sister mink writes can you read it in her voice i don't know if you can do that (laughs) she'd be like what (laughs) people already say we sound alike so i guess i am reading it in her voice already i actually agree with that but we don't say the same stuff so it's like what (laughs) anyway she writes I was listening to the Mesmero episode and Ryan was saying in the character spotlight how he used his powers to rob banks and how so many villains, in parentheses, also Juggernaut, which I'm listening to now, Stuff of Heroes being the name of the episode, often rob banks. And I was thinking, would society even have banks? (laughs) This is a real, like, mind-bending question, Mink. This is a real Mink question. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She continues, this doesn't apply to the TV shows, which often center on the mutants being revealed and don't include Avengers. But in the comics, aliens and Avengers and mutants and spider people and all of their villains exist. Wouldn't banks be a foolish idea on a community level? Would people use something other than currency? Would people get into home security? Would society shift away from physical money, like towards, ugh, cryptocurrencies or digital money? (laughs) I don't read the comics, so maybe this is addressed. It's not. But maybe it's just one of those, that's how the world works, and we don't think about it. I feel like bartering would become more commonplace. This is a very reasonable question, but yeah, I don't think the comics would ever address this because so many things about the world and the comics are exactly the same as our real world, even though they shouldn't be. Although I do feel like in the comic books it would make more sense for them to live in a cryptocurrency world because that's the kind of thing that Tony Stark would be like, hey yep. we're making this happen like worldwide and it will allow us to spend money on other planets and it's like these people of Earth I mean, like, so many of them have gotten abducted at this point. So, like, at this point, hasn't everybody on Earth experienced some interdimensional travel in the Marvel Universe? Yeah, interplanetary and or, like, interdimensional. <laughs> world. It's like, I don't know. Like, apparently, according to the Marvel Universe, Earth is just, like, the central hub. It's like Kingdom Hearts. It's Traverse Town, basically. And this is where everybody meets up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they have to have some reason why people keep going back to Earth. You know what? You're right. They don't have banks anymore. They just have orbs and money that spill out of their enemies and then people pick it up and that's how they get money to spend things yeah you just bash people with a giant key until money falls out and it's spelled m-u-n-n-y by the way so that's also part of it this is okay this is funny because in the sci-fi series maddie and i have been writing for years and would love to turn to a podcast gino we have a 
pilot episode on YouTube, one of the things that we joked about, like, initially is that they didn't have money. They trade in pogs, like, from the 90s. And I <laughs> yeah. just decided to keep that. And so that's the way the currency in that universe is, is, like, trading pogs. And some pogs are worth more than other pogs. It's like... I think Mink is right that eventually it would become more commonplace for bartering to be a thing in, in the Marvel Universe because it's just because, so... Because banks are such a liability. I mean... Right, and if you look at like the MCU and like that whole six years between like the snap and the blip, I feel like that six years alone... There must have been like, like, did banks fall apart? They must have, right? Because all these people and their accounts just yeah. disappeared. And I'm sure people are bartering. Well, but also maybe the opposite would happen, though, because 50% of your clientele disappears, but their money is still there. So, like, what do you do with it? Do you think they're ever coming back? Like, I would think the banks would collapse as soon as everyone came back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they'd be like, uh, we don't have your money anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know what would happen in that scenario. Yeah, I don't know. But it's a great question to make and i think it that is. was really good so thanks for writing that in it is always fun to think about those brain teasers that like i feel like the comics don't always consider but when they do it's always really fun i'm gonna have you read this next one because i'm gonna take like the next three so <laughs> so this is also from bernie i believe the same bernie is from before yes who writes hello again i'm back to report on my catch-up listening after finishing x-men evolution today to be honest, I was slow to warm up to Evolution, struggling especially with the first couple seasons, fan thickness, big early Smallville slash Monster of the Week vibes. Yeah, right? This okay. is valid. I, yeah. I thought Smallville was we fun at the time, then. but I understand. Um, by the end, it won me over. As I watched, I was reminded of my own X-Men journey, largely consisting of TAS and some scattered Age of Apocalypse trades up until wow. the early 2000s when I started watching Evolution and following the Ultimate Marvel books. <laughs> what, a, what a mix to different X-Men universes. Wow. It's like everyone comes to it differently, and I, I love that. And Bernie continues, I honestly hadn't really gotten into the 616X books until recently, feeling the continuity was just way too much to wrap my head around. I know Ryan has mentioned the Ultimate books in passing a couple times unenthusiastically, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the Ultimate, quote, reboot in more detail. With both Evolution and Ultimate X-Men taking so much of their DNA from the Fox films and both trying to take a more contemporary approach to mutants, what do you think made one more effective than the other? Was I ill-served in the Ultimate line being my first Marvel books? And how do you suggest new readers take the plunge into 616 mutants, whether just a general approach or specific entry points? Looking forward to Wolverine and the X-Men, even though I haven't watched it before. From what you guys have shared, it sounds like a good middle ground, <laughs> is it, <laughs> between the writing and animation quality of evolution and the story weighted political commentary of TAS, which I am a thousand percent here for. You know what, Bernie? If that had been what it was, that would have been great. Well, it started off that way. It seemed <laughs> it like started. that's what it was going to be. Sorry, I'm still mad. Um, but anyway, uh, Bernie concludes. Hopefully I'll be caught up soon. Until then, see you next time. Bernie, uh, wonderful email. I am not very familiar with the Ultimates. Uh, so Ryan, you'll have to take this one. Okay. Um, so the ultimates, the, I, I, it, it, I know you don't like them, but <laughs> I feel well, like I've spent so, my whole life hearing Ryan complain about this. So. Yeah, and I, they have borrowed some of the ultimate storylines for the MCU, but they seem to completely steer away from that after Joss Whedon was gone. I think that was a Joss Whedon thing. I think Joss was like, no, we have to borrow everything from the ultimates. And then once when they got rid of them, they were like, we're not doing this. Because there, <laughs> there was talks about them potentially putting the ultimate X-Men into the MCU. And I know. And I remember you being like, please, no, please. Please, no, because no. it and most people's response has been that way. And I think Kevin Feige is like, yeah, I, people don't want to see that. So we're not going to do that. 
So mm-hmm. the Ultimate books, when they first came out, to Bernie's point, did come out around the same time as X-Men Evolution, and they were both sort of doing this reimagining of the X-Men as actual teenagers so they could be students, mm-hmm. and it was after X-Men 2000. Yeah. I will say the beginning of Ultimate X-Men was interesting. I think I, I enjoyed it at the time when it was first dropping because I felt like it was a little bit grittier, and also all the Ultimate storylines that were being produced in that universe came with a different kind of cover it was a, it was like a glossy cover it was really cool that is cool sounds just like pogs sorry no distracted yeah, it's by just pogs. like pogs we trade these now <laughs> uh and there were like some interesting concepts in there that i really enjoyed and it, it was kind of cool to see these characters reimagined and retold in their own universe but eventually it got very problematic really quickly where there were like a lot of homophobic characters in there. Mm. So then I started getting uncomfortable reading it and it was characters that in the 616 universe would not be homophobic, like Kurt or Colossus or whatever. And like, or maybe Colossus was the gay one. I think he was the gay one. That seems fine. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> but like, it just, I get it though. It was a weird era for media. Yeah. But here's the thing. I do enjoy a good alternate reality story. And here's a great example is that on Wolverine, the X-Men, when we, did that episode where it was Xavier working with like Marrow and Bishop yep. and Vanisher and Berserker and Domino in the future during the Sentinel outbreak. And that's obviously not what happens in the comic books or really anywhere else. I thought it was really good. I think there's a way you can write an alternate reality story and have it still work and be mm-hmm. really interesting and new. And then they went ahead and made that Weapon X episode where they tried to do that again, except it didn't work and it was really bad. And that's sort of <laughs> where the Ultimates landed in the long run. And I just, I felt like it was hard to read that. And as it went on, it became clear that they didn't have a plan for Mm -hmm. what they were doing. And then they introduced Emma Frost and Emma Frost was Xavier's like old girlfriend. And I was like, oh boy, I don't know what's happening here. That's bizarre. The Ultimates influenced things for a really long time after X-Men 2000 because a lot of the merch you could buy was the Ultimates version. So like I have an Uno set, the game Uno and it's like the ultimate X-Men version because they did like two or three years where everything was branded that way because I think Marvel was really hoping they could reset the universe into the ultimate universe, but it wasn't received well. So then they just killed everybody in the ultimate universe. And it's just, it's very problematic. It seems like they had some cool concept ideas that did influence them, the regular Marvel universe in a big way. Like Nick Fury, for example, is from the ultimate universe. So like... I do feel like they had some good ideas there at the beginning across the board and just it kind of fell apart. And uh, that's how I feel. And also those two X-Men games, the the X-Men Legends. is that Yeah, that's that is a series is X-Men Legends. Yeah, right. And that is in the Ultimates universe, which is really a really strange thing because those games are really wonderful in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, I don't know. And to answer the other question, because it's been asked before, everyone's oh, like, yeah. "Where's we the six one six introduction?" And we're like, "Oh my god, where do you start?" And I really feel like <laughs> after having to answer this so many times, we always give our favorite lines. I'm like Grant Morrison, Extreme X Men, but really, I think the best way into the X-Men universe is truly just going back to anything that came out in the 80s and we mm-hmm. were doing like Fall of the Mutants, Phoenix and Dark Phoenix, you know, the Morlock Massacre. Yeah, I say Phoenix Saga. I mean, there's a reason people recommend the Phoenix Saga so often. Yeah, It's and, really good. Yeah, and then it kind of eventually, once we get through that and you read all the New Mutants stuff with the Demon Bear Saga, because I think that yep. era is what really said... New it. Mutants is another place to start for people too, if you just want to read yeah. about some cool teens, cool punk rock teens. It, 
it, it kind of was a jumping on point for a lot of people at the time. Too. Yeah, and it, it will allow you to learn all the main plot lines of the X-Men and then it will evolve into a lot of what the 90s installed with the Phalanx mm-hmm. and Cameron Hodge and yep. Bastion that eventually eventually takes us to Grant Morrison. So if you want a jumping on point, I mean, hop onto marvel unlimited and just look for those those titles yeah do dark phoenix do new mutants and then honestly if you feel satisfied with those and you just want to get into the future you can just skip ahead to krakoa era which is also a jumping on point yeah krakoa is also really good because it takes a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s that were not able to like storylines that couldn't be completed just because the comic code's authority at the time and they're like we're doing it now this is what we were trying to write like 30 years ago so it's it's really fun. Yeah, Mystique and Irene are married now for realsies. Right. But I, I feel like just jumping on at Krakoa might be a little bit tough, although uh, you at least have all the familiarity of the ultimate. So like, you know who the characters are, but Krakoa ha- has a lot of dramatic tension around Moira and Xavier's relationship that only really feels satisfying if you already know who they are. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, I gotta go ahead and say this, but I really love that Moira has been revealed as a villain and Krakoa it's fun. because... It's fun, but I feel like that is much more significant if you have seen her in a different way for this right. entire and time. You, you could go and watch the X-Men, the animated series, to see Moira's storyline wrapped up on there with Proteus. I think that does a good job of it and also of her trying to create the cure. These mm-hmm. are all 80s, 90s comic books where like Maddie and I are like, I don't know, Moira seems awful. And then when they yeah. finally decided to make her a villain, we were like very vindicated. We we're like, oh my God, thank God. Yeah. I don't know, Mr. Sinister walks in. He's like, listen, if you're an experiment on people, just say you're doing that. Like it's <laughs> way worse when you pretend you're not. So uh-huh. anyway, Mr. Sinister, our hero. Yeah, we live in a world where Mr. Sinister is actually less evil than Moira. Moira McTaggart now. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. All right. A couple more emails here. We have one here from Drake who says, imagine you will travel back in time to the year 1980 and are allowed to bring a single VHS tape with you that you can record anything X-Men related to before you leave. What X-Men shows, movies, and adjacent content would you choose to record? Details. I don't know. Why. <laughs> this is really funny. The tape is a T120, which records two hours of standard play SP, four hours of extended play EP, or six hours of super long play SLP. This is like Ryan Pagella in the making. The higher the hours, the lower playback quality. Keep in mind when selecting that you can choose to wait until X-Men shows and movies come out. For instance, Mm. you can choose to wait nine years before seeing Pride of the X-Men again. Okay, so it's like we st- stuff we have to record and bring back with us because none of the shows have been produced yet. <laughs> this or, is a no, confusing wait. question to me. I so it, so it's the eighties. So Pride of the X Men isn't this would out. Be out yet. None yeah. of this would be out. So we take a single VHS tape with you and record anything X Men related before we leave. Okay, so we just record the actual X Men in real life, and it's the eighties, and <laughs> so we find Wolverine. I mean, I okay, as the person who did record all this X Men shit and then pass it around to my friends. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. I'm like, well, is the difficulty here that a lot of this stuff wasn't available for a long time, and so like that's why you would want to go back in time and record it, but like. A lot of it is now available, so I'm kind of like, do I need this VHS <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got rid of mine. I'll just answer with what I did back in the day uh, sure. when everything was on cable. I just, I recorded as much as I could in that four hours. No, I think I had six hours on that one. I think I had the super long play, and I recorded like six hours worth of cartoons that were on TV. Mm-hmm. But I was like, whatever aired, that's what you grabbed. Like, this is a question, like, I don't think totally works just because we'd be recording it off of cable and cable 
just played things at random. So it's not like we got to choose what we were going to record. Mm-hmm. And so this is how I also exposed most of our friends in our friends group to the X-Men is that I was like, here, watch these videos. And it was like a mishmash of like X-Men, the animated series and evolution episodes all just randomly recorded in like a line of six hours of episodes that may or may not be in the order that they're supposed to be told. But I think the first one I ever recorded was Nightcrawler. I think that's where I started. So I I have a vague memory of that. I'm looking at a list of really old X-Men content, like this 1966 Marvel superheroes show. Have you ever even heard of this? Yeah. This is too far back. Yeah, it's it's on Disney Plus. I mean, that I guess. I'm I'm trying to find something like earlier than Pride of the X-Men, but I mean there's a reason we started with Pride of the X-Men. I guess I would go to an arcade and I would just film people playing the X-Men game. And I would, <laughs> would get a giant camcorder for their reactions. And they'd be like, they think you're famous because like a real reporter too. Like, because yeah. you would have a camera and back then nobody had one of those until like the mid eighties. So yeah, I would create a documentary about what people thought about the X-Men back then. Yeah, exactly. And that would be very fun for me as a reporter. I feel like that is not what was expected to be my answer to this question but okay you know what's funny is that maddie and i are both writing separate time travel stories that well i want to create a web series maddie wants to create a movie that's like us well not us but characters traveling to the 80s and like one of the things that my particular story is about is that you go back in time to the 80s and like there's all the fun shit that we want to put in there but there's like just a lot of stuff that becomes suddenly so hard for people from 2020 going back to or 2022 and going back to 1980 be like wait a second two of the characters are queer can they say that to anybody like Mm -hmm. how's this gonna go it's it's just a very different time Um, yeah but also we have sort of a fantasy of going back in time to the 80s and being like what was it really like then even though it was you know the reagan era and terrible and everything that's not why we would want to go back there's good music good movies you know yeah anyway uh next question uh, is from Boom Boom. Uh, Boom Boom writes in, <laughs> okay. hey babes, I know you're busy saving the timeline or whatever, which sounds pretty boring to me, but when, when you guys could be out dancing, but it got me thinking, you know, what if you were the bad guys, you know, like evil mutants, not the goody two-shoes that Jean Grey pretends to be, kind of like her saying that she's a natural redhead. What would your badass bitch soundtrack be like? Like what would be your evil theme song jams for yourself? For me, I'd go with Cherry Bomb or TikTok. Come on, be a little dangerous. Come walk on the wild side. What could happen? Boom, boom. Oh, my God. Okay, so now I know why. (laughs) I asked this a week ago. Yeah, it's because you came up with this idea. (laughs) I was waiting for you to recognize that. (laughs) Okay, I really thought that like a listener wrote in and was like, tell us what your evil theme songs would be. But no, it's actually just that Ryan wrote it and was like, <laughs> no, it was I boom, want. Boom. Okay. Of course. What am I saying? It was boom, boom who wrote in. And also for some reason, Ryan was like, we aren't allowed to put make me bad by corn on our lists, which that's ridiculous. Ryan, why no, aren't we allowed to do that? Make me bad is just the evil mutant ages theme song. So it okay. can't be like individually us. 
Mm -hmm. And then we both got distracted listening to like 20 remixes and (laughs) covers of Make Me Bad. And we were like, this is the greatest song ever, which if anybody ever wanted to know how bad slash good our taste in music actually is, it's the fact that we think Make Me Bad by Korn is a legitimately great song. Make of that what you will. Okay. So fight me. I have some picks. You have some picks. You want to go first? I think you probably put more effort into this than I did because you wrote the question and really thought about it. Do you want to go back and forth or do you want me to read like three and then you read three and back whatever you can yeah why don't you read three and then i'll read okay. three uh well i first per put on my list was freaking out by edema mm. i feel like that would be good for evil snapshot i was trying to think of myself like in mutant age of the comic book but oh that's not what i ended up doing because i was like well there aren't any evil camera songs that i know about so <laughs> you know there are i mean there's private eyes they're watching you oh my god why didn't i think about that i mean i don't know you can still add it on you were like we need to only pick five songs and then you were like wait i picked six songs so now it's six songs it's like okay okay fine my next one is the outsider by a perfect circle i was trying not to like do all my teenage songs but that's what the first few are okay okay super beast by rob zombie is a great badass villain song though i like love the shit out of that so Mm -hmm. okay is it my turn yeah Okay, so obviously I want to have Toxic by Britney Spears. Uh, oh my because- God. <laughs> <laughs> because it's an incredible song and would be really badass. Um, I cover this song as Mitty Myers, so that also seems fair fitting. Um, and then I, I see now I'm distracting myself being like, well, I've covered other songs. Should I have just gone that direction? Should I have done no. the Mitty Myers version <laughs> and like tried to just think of Mitty Myers songs? That would be of the canon Oh, the canon. The canon Mutant Ages comic book, but no. Like, let's just do what we wrote down. Yeah, I was I was trying to think about, like, well, what were, like, the villainous songs or, like, bad songs that I was into as a teenager or, like, songs that could have made me a darker person. Okay, well, those are the those were my first three. That's why I have Adima's Freaking Out and, like, Perfect Circle. I mean, Perfect Circle is a fucking great band, period. It is. It is. I mean, so it's me, so I, like, I have to have some Nine Inch Nails on there. I, Ooh, I feel like I like if that. I I want to go the badass direction. I would do terrible lie because then it's like, okay, nine inch nails. Like you're getting back at somebody for lying to you. I would probably be a very Magneto esque villain. I'm glad you're explaining these. Cause I didn't explain mine at you all. Really I didn't three, explain and I, yours. I'll go back. I'll go back. But you no, know, you're fine. You're fine. Um, and then I have multiple queen songs in the mix, but I'll get to the second one later for now. I'm just going to do another one bites the dust by queen. Cause that's another badass song that I feel like I would be saying as I was killing people. These are so you, I love that. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I wound up with freaking out because I don't know if you've heard that song, but it's like about losing your mind, just going crazy. And like, <laughs> I feel like if Snapshot went crazy, he would just be like, I'm just fucking losing it. I'm just going to destroy the world. Like mm-hmm. in a very like dark Phoenixy kind of way. It's funny because I think between the two of us and Mutant is a comic book, I feel like Snapshot would be more likely to become the Dark Phoenix just because like he's the most unsuspecting. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And also like in the D2 canon, you were the character who becomes evil. Although I guess we were going to set that up with Atomica, but Robbie is the one who does it first. Well, yeah, I know. That was just because I wanted to be Mr. Sinister. <laughs> I have to go back now because you explained it. I feel like I did it all. Uh, so Super Beast, it's Rob Zombie. The reason I like that is because... Uh, I always related that to Resident Evil. I was like, if I can make a cool music video, it's going to be Resident Evil Super Beast. And like, 
if I'm going to become evil, there's no way in hell I'm not going to become like an Albert Wesker type, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got to be him. And then my arm needs to turn into tentacles. <laughs> and um, that's what I was actually thinking about as mutants. Like, I feel like that is the perfect Magneto song. So, like, I would go with that route for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my next three, you're going to enjoy all three of these because they're still goth, but not goth in the same way as those heavy metal songs are. So I actually have a garbage song as my next one. Ooh. Um, and that's As Heaven is Wide. Yeah, which I love I that have one. canonically in my life said if I go evil, it's going to be, this is going to be my theme song where it's just like all my happiness has died and now I'm going to make it rain fucking <laughs> oh hellfire from God. the sky. That is my evil mutant song. I also have throwback The Eels, Your Lucky Day in Hell. Mm, I love that song. Yeah. yeah. I love every Eels song, honestly, but that song's great. And mostly because again if i was an evil mutant it's also because dracula's gotten involved and he's turned me into a vampire because there's no way that i want to be a vampire and uh finally i actually almost didn't go with this one but i was like every single time i hear it it makes me want to be harley quinn so i put in boss bitch by doja because i fucking feel pumped when i hear that it's just like it's more but this is great for the mutant metaphor it's like you know what fuck you i'm being me and my queer self and i'm not playing by the rules anymore that is my feeling on yeah that. i mean you were like the entire birds of prey soundtrack should be one of your picks and i'm like i i didn't even i didn't even look at it because i'm like that's just gonna overwhelm me <laughs> did you finish your six i've already lost count yes okay cool so my second queen song is don't stop me now um i just really like that song I and i feel like song. i guess it's like weird to have it be a villain song because it's also like an empowerment song but i feel like i'd be a fun villain so that- i just think of sonic the hedgehog so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay. you would be a fun villain i think you would be like a mustache twirling villain and i'd be like gothed out vampire rain hellfire from the sky villain (laughs) yeah totally and then here's my more obscure pick this is just one of my favorite songs ever but i don't expect people to know it it's an amy mann song called i could hurt you now it's about well i mean i don't actually know what it's about that's not what i was expecting i think we're gonna say it was snake river conspiracy because nobody knows who they are I love them. It didn't even occur to me to like pick one of their things. Anyway, whatever. So she, to me, this song is about after a breakup, when you have that moment where you're like totally over the person and you're like, actually, I could break your heart now. Yeah. But it's like you, you only now have the ability to do that. And like in the time you were the victim before. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it's a very, it's a very fun song. I'm really into it. I've certainly listened to it in times of anger at many points in my life. And then the final one, I like wanted to go Nine Inch Nails again, but I think ultimately I'm going to go garbage here and go with I think I'm paranoid which is just a classic oh my god you know that works for mutants though because I every single time I hear that song I specifically think of Rogue Mm -hmm. so that works for you yeah it's great I love that song and I love garbage and this was fun we should make this into a Spotify playlist I'm going to. By the time that this episode goes up, there'll be a Spotify playlist and you guys can go find it. It'll be the Mutant Ages Rogue album. How does that sound? Or like the villain the villain album, the Mutant villain Ages. Album. All right, villain, villain album. album. I just want to say Rogue again. <laughs> rogue edition. All right, we got a couple more questions before we close it out to the comic, but these are short. Babo Teet writes, who will win America Chavez versus Samus Aran? Hmm. This is hard for you, but for me, I'm just going to say America Chavez because Samus is great, but America can fucking 
tear apart reality. Can Selmus do that shit? Sorry, Maddie. No, honestly, I think I would say America also. I feel like it's pretty hard to beat somebody you can teleport away, but it's like, does that... Is okay. that fighting? Realistically, this is there's there's no fight that's gonna happen between them because America's gonna be Samus and they're just gonna fucking bang. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they would get along great. At the very least, America would be like mentor me, mommy. Like I just I, I don't I don't know. They would get along great. So it's a very silly question. Yeah, I agree. Then forty two Zener sent us in a joke that says, horrible joke that I have nowhere else to share, but here on listeners <laughs> listener feedback. Question, why is Corsair like a crypto project? A, they both crash immediately. I love this so much. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. And this like, is like, it's truly only for joke. our listeners where everyone else would be like, who's Corsair? <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. Uh, and final email that's not really like this isn't really a question, but I'm including it in here because I don't know if it was intended. Well, for... neither was the last one. The last one was a joke. So we're just doing what we want here. Okay, Maddie already knows about this this particular email. It's from Manicorn who writes in Hey so uh I guess I'll preface this by saying I'm a big fan. I've listened to every episode of your podcast and I think it's the best thing ever. The X-Men are a huge part of my childhood, and in particular my evolution into a gay man, and it's great to listen to other people who get that. But the reason I'm emailing is I was recently re-listening to your episodes on the TAS Days of Future Past two-parter, and at some point in there, you go into an extended fanfic fantasy about Bishop and Wolverine and Gambit playing strip poker together. And I was listening and I was going, wait. This is oddly familiar because I've written that fan fiction. It was published about six months ago. I have no idea when I first listened to that episode of your podcast, but it evidently dug its way into my brain and stayed there until it got written out. And I'd forgotten where the original idea had come from. So uh, no idea if this is appropriate or not, but I'm sending you porn. Can I send you porn? Anyway, if you want to read a story semi-inspired by that episode, only with a lot more spanking fetish content added, here you go. It's so good, by the way. We both read it. But anyway, thanks for a great podcast. You make me laugh so much, and you really brighten my mornings every time I listen. I want to say that I've read this fanfic twice now. <laughs> it's so hilarious. I love it. The writing, the dialogue is very good. It feels like it is in Mutant Ages canon. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend this. Also, you get you as we already said in response to the previous question about fanfic, you can send us your fanfic anytime. We appreciate it. And the fact that this was written and was apparently inspired by us, even if Manicorn forgot about that. I'll still take it because it's hilarious that that's the case. I just love that we're inspiring everybody's creative juices with yeah, our... Yeah, creative juices for writing pornography. Or some kind of juices. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Oh Toads here. Anyway, <laughs> is it time for me and it's just the comic book? Yes. Yes, it is. Here we go. <laughs> If you're new to our listener mail, uh, we do a segment at the end of our listener mail that's called Mutant Ages the Comic Book. And we are on season two because the first season was successful enough that we actually continued yeah, it was on. so successful. We got we got renewed. Uh, yeah, we got we renewed by the Disney Channel. That's right. Disney Plus has hired us. Okay, what's really funny is, though, the first few episodes we had ever written, I was like, does anybody find this entertaining? And then one day, 
a bunch of people on Discord were just talking about Mutant Ninja the comic book and referencing it. And I was like, I guess they do like this. So we're going to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, at first it was just something you wrote, I think, because you were like, this is funny. Remember? Okay. That one person who, <laughs> who like listened to that Mutant Ages comic book specific episodes. Yeah, episode as their first episode (laughs) of this show, which I still can't believe that person continued to listen. I honestly, I'm amazed by that. No, it just means we're incredible in every way. But also, thank you, (laughs) listeners. Anyway, Mutant Ages of the comic book. I sent it to you, Maddie, so it's not just me reading it straight shot again. Mm -hmm. But I'll start it out. We are in issue 12. This is called The Mutant Games Part 2. Previously on Mutant Age as the comic book, after months of fixing the plot holes being created in the universe, which shockingly was caused by Xavier Gone Evil, again, our Mutant <laughs> Ages team found themselves on a Hunger Games-style battle island where variations of different X-Men characters were fighting each other and being sucked up into orbs to claim their rightful place in... Well, who fucking knows? Anyway, Wolverine got butt-fucked by a tentacle and taken away while Ryan chased after him. Meanwhile, Katie possessed an orb to bring the rest of the team up into the sky to find Ryan and Logan. Also, Truman is here now, but not really because he hijacked an orb to go see if he could interfere with something or another. I don't know yet. Also, Mr. Sinister. We don't know why Mr. Sinister is on the team now, but he thinks he's a better leader than Maddie. And Am, have you seen the way she dresses? He then. I'm clearly the, the genius capable of managing and experimenting on this team. Uh, sorry, I guess Mr. Sinister can take control of the story narrator now. <laughs> and me too, Cloaky. <laughs> Will y'all get out of here? This is my job. You don't see people fucking with the narrator in Rocky Horror. So on to the story. <laughs> this is truly a Ryan fanfic. Orion snuck through the maze of battle corridors. It was cold. Was he in space or in a ship flying above Antarctica? The listeners can decide. Ryan could see his breath in the air as he shivered. He was wearing shorts and a tank top, a standard look for Ryan Pagella. Could you blame him? They were on the beach only seconds ago. He shivered and looked around, hoping to find a big hairy man to keep him warm. Instead, he found Truman, Ryan whispered loudly, nearly bumping to Truman around the corner. Sup, Truman said. There was a long pause. Wait, Ryan? What are you doing up here, Ryan asked. Okay, I think this is funny to us because we know Ryan. Maddie's dying. This is literally something that happens. Oh my god. Okay. Continue. What are you doing up here, Ryan asked. How did you even get here? One second I was watching the new Resident Evil Netflix show, that's pretty bad. The second I'm being transported in orbs to an island pretending to be Battle Royale, Truman replied. Wait a second. Are you with Maddie? Oh yeah, that's our team, the Mutant Ages, Ryan replied proudly. It's a secret X-Men team that Emma created to spy on Charles Xavier. Not so secret anymore, Truman replied. Wait, why? Ryan asked. Uh, because you just told me, he replied. There was a sudden (laughs) sound of what seemed like an explosion and cheering from down the hall. Truman whirled around at the explosion in confusion. That didn't scare me at all, Ryan said, looking directly into his camera. I did haunted houses for 30 plus years and practiced scaring Maddie on a daily basis via chat. (laughs) Are you vlogging right now? Truman asked. Ryan nodded. Truman waved at the camera. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what that explosion was, Ryan said. Maybe it was Logan. It's the kind of thing he would find himself getting into, mostly to have his clothes accidentally burn off, but I don't really think it's an accident. You know Logan? Truman asked, confused. I know every inch of his body, Ryan said sexually. They both stood there awkwardly in silence. Uh, let's go check things out. 
The Ryans maneuvered down the hallway and entered a large room full of mutants of all different universes standing around. Some had cocktails in their hands. Others were trapped in snow-white cases and some cryogenic sleep. The mutants cheered as none other than the beautiful Magneto floated into the room. He ripped apart metal off the walls and made it spin around dramatically, destroying half the room really for no reason other than to be a queen. Finally, (laughs) the metal pieces fell to the ground. Some on people who screamed and were ignored, and Magneto floated to the ground. Everyone cheered again, including Ryan. He looked at his camera. What? Magneto was right. And he's hot, Ryan commented. Truman made a peace sign at the camera. I like how Ryan's just going along with my bullshit. (laughs) He would do that, though. He would. My brothers and sisters, welcome to maybe Asteroid M, where perhaps we are in the deep void of space or floating somewhere above the echoes of our old cells, Magneto said dramatically. Ryan mouthed, what, at Truman? But he just shrugged a response. <laughs> you have all been chosen as the most powerful versions of mutants from across the multiverse. Some of you have come willingly, while others of you have not. Magneto nodded at the chambers, holding the sleeping mutants. Ryan looked over to the right and saw that Logan was floating in one of them. He gasped and nearly dropped his camera. Truman, he has Logan, Ryan whispered. Huh? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Magneto's speech is pretty good, Truman responded. He got all giddy. Because he's Magneto! (laughs) (laughs) This is Rye. The other Rye. To a T. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah, I like him too, but I think this version of Magneto is Ron, Ryan replied. Like that Resident Evil Netflix show. Yes, we're going to mention that repeatedly in the story. Why did they make that show? (laughs) What do you mean Magneto is Ron? Truman replied. Magneto was right. Yeah, a Magneto, Ryan responded. But there are literally versions of different mutants from every universe here. Ever since Xavier was like, oopsie, gonna open up the multiverse with my brain and put you in the Golden Girls. I'm getting a feeling that I missed something crucial to the story. Can you please explain it to me? Truman asked. No, Ryan <laughs> said flatly. There's no time. No time. I have no time to do anything. Not even to write this story and play Kingdom Hearts. I've been leveling up Sora for weeks and I'm not I'm still not strong enough to beat Sephiroth, but none of that matters right now. Emma sent us here to get Magneto. This is like a, a conversation Maddie and I would have. Uh-huh. Emma sent us here to Magneto, but I don't think that's Magneto. <laughs> Why would he capture Logan and put him in a Weapon X vial? It seems fishy, and I don't mean the fish taco I ate earlier. Shit. This seems bad, Truman replied. Okay, here's my plan. I think I might be able to interfere with the signal Magneto's orbs are giving off. Maybe if I can hack into it with my mutant power, then maybe I can find out what's really going on here. Okay, and while you do that, I'm going to discreetly try and free Logan from the test tube, Ryan replied. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. With that, Truman ran over to a nearby control panel on the wall. He placed his hand on it. His eyeballs rolled back into the back of his head and seemed to shake a little bit, like when he was wearing that pink helmet in D2. (laughs) Ryan, on the other hand, was doing some variation of an army roll across the floor to Logan's tank. (laughs) Ow! Yelped the evolution version of Avalanche as Ryan rolled over him. Ryan eventually made it over to the tube holding Logan. To the left and right of him was Nitro from Wolverine the X-Men and Rogue from X-Men Evolution. Mm. Don't worry, Logan. I'll get you out of this, Ryan said, romantically touching the glass of the tube. He looked down at the control panel. It was a Sudoku puzzle. I don't know how to do fucking Sudoku. (laughs) (laughs) Facts, everyone. (laughs) I hate numbers. (laughs) I speak in letters. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) 
too. Brothers and sisters, tonight is a night for evolution to take its rightful place in this universe, Magneto announced very specifically. He stepped over to a giant round door. In the hallway behind this door stands the next stage of evolution in your evolution. I call it the evolution revolution. When you exit... When you exit the other side, your powers will be enhanced and your DNA will be collected into these pink vials. This will help us study how we can become the dominant species of the universe. This really doesn't sound like Magneto, Ryan commented quietly to himself. And then I can show Charles Xavier once and for all that he was wrong and a stupid little bitch. And I will fly around outside his windows, banging the shutters around until he understands the vermin that he is, Magneto continued. <laughs> Never mind. This sounds like the petty bullshit between Xavier and him, Ryan said. I like how I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> no one's noticing that you're standing there next to Logan's vial. There's like so many people in this room. That's what I imagined. It's like it's just full of mutants. Yeah, me too. Scanner, bring up the monitor to show our brothers and sisters a demonstration of this room magneto commanded the famous mutant scanner walked over to a computer just next to the client stocks and tilde soames in a test tube and also jacob we're not going to bother explain who any of these characters are and instead just say scanner used her powers a big computer monitor came to life showing a youtube logo for a do-it-yourself video on building a power enhancer tube suddenly truman walked into the picture <laughs> dyi power enhancer tube this looks bad i gotta tell rye truman spun around on the screen only to see the entire room staring to him wait shit (laughs) (laughs) what am i looking at asked the questionable magneto it's him evolution pietro screamed he pointed at truman in the corner he's using his mutant powers to go online and hack our system no okay well maybe but i'm going to downvote this video truman cried out (laughs) on the screen i love his powers this is hilarious (laughs) I love all our powers. They're not good. No, they're Except not. Except for Todd's. Todd's the only one who has a useful power. Pietro ran over to Truman's body and yanked him off the control panel. Truman gasped to life. Pietro then raced Truman over to Magneto. Did I do good, Daddy? Pietro asked. Say you love me. <laughs> I found another one, boss. Fred Dukes from Evolution shouted out. Fred picked up Ryan, who screamed for a whole 20 seconds like he was shooting down a roller coaster and was thrown to the floor. It was honestly an honor because Fred Dukes is one of the best X-Men characters and we refused to hear otherwise. <laughs> Magneto grabbed some metal off the walls and wrapped it around Ryan and Truman. So you thought you could outsmart me? Who sent you? Charles? Tell me it was Charles, Magneto shouted. It was actually Emma, Ryan said in his face. Then he paused. Wait, shit. I don't think I'm supposed to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps we can find a remedy for this situation. We needed a live demonstration of how this machine I built works. And I think I found two volunteers, Magneto said. Who? Ryan asked, genuinely wanting to know. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, I think he means us, Truman replied. Ryan's eyes widened. Oh, yeah? Snapshot! Ryan yelled, blinding everyone in the room. He took a blurry picture of Magneto's face. Ryan's finger was also somehow in the shot. Ryan then tried to escape, but tripped and fell to the ground as his legs were wrapped up in metal. Man, I didn't think that one through. (laughs) Do not worry, my children. The metal is only a temporary resolve to the situation. And recyclable. Magneto turned to the camera. Remember, children, it's important to help the environment. Now, to the chamber! Magneto forcibly made Ryan and Truman walk over to the big round door behind him. With the wave of a hand, he opened the door. Inside was a long hallway, glowing with the pink light in which the boys were thrown inside. Welcome to evolution, my brothers, Magneto said, before waving his hand and sliding the door shut. The metal fell off of them. Ryan jumped up and ran directly into the door. He fell backwards and cried out. 
What was that supposed to do? Truman asked. I literally have no idea. Ryan said, did it look good on the vlog? <laughs> I don't think the camera was on, dude. Truman and I replied, damn it, Ryan cried out. Also, we didn't save Logan. And uh, we're in here. Wherever here is, Truman replied. He rubbed his arms. Does it feel a little warm in here? Yeah, it feels like something is buzzing underneath my skin. I don't feel right. Wait, where are we? Ryan said. How did we get in here? Wait, who are you? Truman replied, jonely confused. The pink light started to grow brighter, and their hair began to light up like a neon white color. Oh, they no. both collapsed to the ground, <laughs> grabbing their heads. My memories! They both screamed in unison as the pink light became so bright that they could no longer see anything in the room. Everything faded to pink as the new Tadu Hikaru song played softly in the background. <laughs> I'll let you take over this part. <laughs> Maddie looked around the cold, soulless metal hallways. She glanced behind her and watched as Todd scooped up Katie's sleeping body. Mr. Sinister walked forward, his high heels echoing down the empty hallway. He smiled and threw up his arms in the air in triumph. What a remarkable beauty of an airship, Sinister cried out. Why, I could not have designed it better myself. Oh, who am I kidding? Of course I could design a better airship. But this interior does have quite my kind of aesthetic to it, don't you think? Why are you still here? Maddie asked. <laughs> and why are we here? Todd followed up. Katie's asleep. We know fuck all of where we even are. Half the team is missing and we have no plan. <laughs> oh, my dearest Todd, that is where you are wrong, Sinister said with a sly smile. I've been mapping out the schematics of this secretly since we landed on the island. Sinister held up his arm to reveal a small device attached to his wrist. I invented this little beauty myself, Sinister said. It sends out a signal that reads what structures and life forms are in a 30-mile radius. Quite helpful in locating life signals for experimentation. <laughs> That's great! Why the hell didn't you reveal this to us before? Maddie asked, angry. A good leader doesn't put all his cards on the table at once, <laughs> Sinister said with a smile. I'm not sure that's true. You're not the leader, Maddie screamed. <laughs> and you're not keeping our position a secret, Todd said. Guys, do we have a plan? I literally asked that before. Three different people from our team jumped in orbs. But I mean, do we need plans? Who's to say? Batty said, throwing her <laughs> arms up in the air. If you two are done pretending to be important, I have come up with a solution. No need to thank me, of course, but I will accept any gratitude towards me just in case, Sinister said. <laughs> he held up his wrist with the computer attached to his armband and pushed a button. A little holographic map appeared. These dots represent us standing in the south corridor of the ship. This mass of red dots in the center are beautiful life forms waiting to volunteer for my latest experiments. The way you say volunteer may be a premature assumption, Todd commented. <laughs> this blue square represents the feedback signal I'm receiving of electronic devices, likely a mainframe computer system. And this pink rectangular, well, I'm not sure what it is. And while it intrigues, it should really be red and preferably in the shape of a diamond, Sinister stated. <laughs> Truman said he was going to try and hack into the mainframe with his powers. Maybe he's there. Let's go scope, Maddie started to say, but Sinister suddenly pushed her aside and into a wall. She screamed. Minions! <laughs> to the mainframe computer! Perhaps that miserable Cretan Truman is there to help us, Sinister said. I was literally just saying that, Maddie yelled. She turned to Todd. Can you believe this guy? I honestly can't believe you two haven't gotten us caught yet. Todd said calmly. <laughs> Sinister sashayed down the hallway and Maddie ran after him. Todd just sighed and continued to carry Katie down the hall. Sinister gazed into the holographic map. Sinister, are you sure this is the right way? Maddie asked. Hush for a minute, unless you want to get us all caught, Sinister replied in a raspy whisper. Maddie just rolled her eyes. Suddenly, Sinister came to an abrupt stop. Maddie walked directly into him and then Todd into Maddie. What? 
Maddie started to say softly, Eureka! Sinister screamed at the top of his lungs, his voice echoing down the hallway. So much for stealth mode, Todd commented. And yes, I will keep saying this until someone picks up what I put down. (laughs) This is the mainframe, Sinister said, and pushed a button on the wall. The door slid open to reveal a huge room full of 90s computers. The teenage girl network from Wolverine and the X-Men spun around. You're not supposed to be in, she started. Sinister just shot her in the face with an energy blast, <laughs> knocking her out. Maddie glared at him. What? We all know what she was going to say. I saved us time, Sinister said, playing it innocent. Maddie walked over to the computer. She typed quickly and loudly on it as if she was Googling something during the podcast. She pulled up a picture of the pink hallway. The evolution revolution? Maddie asked, confused. Don't question it, Todd said. (laughs) Looks like this was designed to evolve mutant powers, but specifically mutants from alternate realities. It says something about an Xavier protocol, Maddie read out loud. The Xavier protocol was designed to create mutants to fight Charles Xavier if and when he interrupted Apocalypse's quest to fix the timelines. Sounds like a party to me, Sinister said. The founder of the program is... Maddie trailed off. She clicked a couple more things. Her eyes widened. Are you fucking for real right now? Sinister pushed Maddie aside, sending her flying face first into the floor. Sinister looked up at the computer screen. He smiled. Oh, hello, you beautiful bastard. Sinister said ecstatically. I ooh through the shrimp on the barbie. A familiar Australian <laughs> accent came from behind them. And no, it was not you, Jacqueline. Standing in the doorway were five pyros, one from X-Men the Animated Series, another from X-Men Evolution, another from Wolverine and the X-Men, another from Pride of the X-Men, and then the weird version from the Fox films. Crikey, looks like these blokes got into the mainframe, X-Men Evolution Pyro said. That's right, mate, we'll take out the Garbo, Wolverine and the X-Men Pyro replies. Sounds fun, it's not pissing on someone when they're on fire, Pride of the X-Men Pyro said. Did someone say fire? Sounds fun to me x-men 2000 pyro said <laughs> the only one without an accent on cue yeah. all five pyros lit up their flamethrower packs what the hell is this the flaming stepford wives from hell asked. <laughs> sinister get the data off that computer and transfer it to sage maddie commanded what do you think i've been doing since i turned on the computer playing solitaire we already know i would win sinister replied <laughs> not to be a bore but this computer is from the stone age 1999 to be exact it can't transfer anything without a floppy disk and sinister is not floppy <laughs> how archaic thankfully i have a two gigabyte floppy i keep in my pants are you listening to any of the things you say <laughs> genuinely asked (laughs) you deal with the rejected cast of queer eye and i'll handle getting the technical science to our dearest sage sinister replied i literally you know what whatever i'll deal with this maddie said (laughs) she geared up her keytar come on boys you look like a bunch of trebled men get it (laughs) trebled why don't you do the Harry, mate? <laughs> X-Men Animated Series Pyro yelled. He dove at Maddie, flames bursting out. The other four Pyros followed suit. Maddie narrowly dove out of the flames way. Oh, for fuck's sake, Todd said. He threw the sleeping Katie down into a bunch of computer equipment. She still slept through it like her alarm in the morning. Todd grabbed his notepad of paper and scribbled something on it. He lifted the words off the paper and threw them at the ceiling. The sprinkler system suddenly went off. And just like that, the sprinklers went off, dowsing the pyro's flames. They all slipped and fell down. <laughs> well, this is a dog's breakfast, Wolverine and the X-Men pyro <laughs> shouted as he dove behind some equipment. The other pyros followed suit. Pyro's one weakness, 
water, Todd said. <laughs> Mr. Sinister clapped in the background. Oh, this battle is so stupid. I love it, Sinister said, <laughs> wildly entertained by the situation. You could help us, you know, Maddie commented. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. I'm very busy at the moment, Sinister said. He stared at the computer screen that still said 50%. The sprinkler <laughs> system came to a stop. Pride of the X-Men Pyro sauntered out. Sinister laughed at the sight of them. Wrap your laughing gear around that, mate, Pyro yelled at him. Hey, man, the fire isn't over yet, Pyro from the X-Men film said. He stood up and pulled out a lighter that had been tucked away in his pocket. With one spark, it lit up. That's better than a ham sandwich, mate. <laughs> I don't even know if that's any of this is from Australia. It's just random phrases. <laughs> X-Men yeah, right. the animated series Pyro said happily. With that, all five pyros manipulated the fire into a massive phoenix above them. They also all looked surprised and terrified about it. <laughs> then they began to laugh as, th as it encompassed our heroes. Maddie held her guitar frantically in her hand. I can't see them through the smoke, Maddie cried out. In my case, pulling out paper in a hellish blaze of fire won't work, Todd replied. <laughs> it can't hurt me, so I don't have anything to worry about, Sinister said. Sucks to be you two. <laughs> Before Maddie could shoot a successful glare in Sinister's direction, something twirled in front of her and Todd. And with that twirl was an ever-familiar giggle. The twirling <laughs> object that spun around them came to a stop and then opened like a curtain, blocking them from the flames. It was none other than... It's me! I can't do Cloakie's voice. It's me, Cloakie, just in time to be the hero of the day, Cloakie said with a giggle. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm happy to see you, Cloakie, Maddie said. You're always happy to see me, silly, Cloakie replied. Blimey, <laughs> is that a flying cloak? Excellent Evolution Pyro asked. Why, yes siree, from the genuine bona fide land of magical Cloakies, and I'm fireproof too, Cloakie said with a giggle. <laughs> now it's time to end this game by knocking you cuties on your little butts. Cloaky then twirled around the room like a razor-sharp boomerang, no Australian pun intended, sizing them up and knocking them out, blood spattering everywhere. <laughs> Cloaky came to Maddie and Todd, floating in front of them with a huge smile on his face while they stood there. That was horrifying, Todd commented. <laughs> I kind of hear Todd going, that was horrifying. <laughs> Yeah. I can do this next clicky line because I think it's the last one. Mm -hmm. Just remember to hide underneath your blankets when you're scared. It will make all your problems go away forever and ever, Cloakie said in his chipper tone. Speaking of tones, the sound of a Macintosh alert from the 90s went off in the background. Sinister ripped the floppy disk out of the computer and held it triumphantly in the air. I've stolen all of the data on a floppy disk, Sinister literally screamed. Maddie and Todd unplugged their ears when he was done. Sinister <laughs> continued... Now, let's go deal with this imposter. Sinister ran out of the room laughing. <laughs> Maddie and Todd looked at each other and chased after Sinister. Cloakie gently wrapped Katie up inside of him and flew out of the room. Sinister ran all the way down the main hallway to where Magneto gathered with all of his specially chosen mutants. Everyone stared at the door behind Magneto. Maddie and Todd ran over with Cloakie and Katie, who was still sound asleep. What's going on? Maddie asked. He's about to reveal the success of the evolution revolution, Sinister said excitedly while clapping his hands. What happened to stopping him? Maddie asked. <laughs> Science first, my dear, Sinister said. Hey, is that Logan over there in a tube? Todd asked, pointing at Logan in a tube. Oh, shit. We have to... Maddie started, but Sinister covered her mouth with his hand. She's about to reveal the enhanced mutant, Sinister said with a smile. Brothers and sisters, it is time to witness the next step in mutant evolution, Magneto said. He waved his hand and the door opened up behind him. Pink light and smoke poured out from it. Two silhouettes stood in the doorway. I present to you our newly evolved brethren, Shudder and Proxy. 
<laughs> from the pink mist stepped Ryan and Truman, but they were now different. They had grown at least two feet each, were buffed up on megasteroids, had chiseled complexions and shiny golden white hair that pointed straight up in the air. They looked very serious and they wore matching leather jackets. Oh no, Maddie cried out. He morphed them to go super cyan. <laughs> Just take a look at those daddies, Sinister said with a sexy smile. I genuinely have no idea what the hell's happening right now, Todd said. <laughs> to be continued. What happened to Ryan Truman? Are they permanently super saiyan? What happened to their memories? What was that pink hallway? Who is Magneto anyway? Why does he only have computers from 1999? Does everyone listening to this episode know what a floppy disk is? Welcome. You've got mail. Find out <laughs> next time on The Mutant Ages, the comic book. Yay! <laughs> I love this. I love how now we're just combining X-Men Evolution with Wolverine at the X-Men, because why not? It's just everything in my head is in this particular battle island is from all multiverses, so anything could be here. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. And then we'll go back to... Well, we have to get out of here first. You guys have to fix me. I'm now Shudder because, like, I have a Shudder and a camera. I got that part. <laughs> and proxy, like a proxy server, like internet powers. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Proxy yeah. Heart from Chicago. Oh my God, what that hell? was very fun. Can we end? <laughs> now it's time for plugs. No, it's the end. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I like say, can we end as if like I'm not in control of this. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, listener episodes are always like two hours. I they just are. This is just how it is. Well, they are. There was no Xmas spotlight this week, um, unless we want a spotlight on Proxy and Shutter. <laughs> wait for that spotlight next time we do a listener mail because we don't know anything about them yet because they've only just been invented so they don't have a backstory (laughs) but maybe we can do a spotlight on them when more of them has been written we could do a huge wikipedia page on like cloaky and his entire backstory that'd be really yeah why don't we have an entire mutant ages wiki sadly we don't have one of those yet but we do have a lot of other things over at mutantages.com for example We have a whole lot of ways that you can contact us. If, let's say, you want to be in the next listener feedback episode, there are several very easy ways to do that. You can email us at themutantages at gmail.com. You can join our Discord server. There's a link to join it. You can call our voicemail inbox. I don't think we have any new voicemails. I mean, we didn't play any, so we must not have any. We don't have any yet. Um, But you can always leave us a voicemail at 1508-319-1668. And you can send us a tropical postcard to P.O. Box 3344, <laughs> Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. We do unboxings of our mail on our YouTube channel, by the way. We do. And we also have, just while I'm still listing off the ways you can contact us, we have every social media. You can tweet at us. You can follow us on Facebook or Pinterest or TikTok. And we're the Mutant Ages on all those places. Instagram. Did I forget anything? Um, I don't think so. We are also individually on all of those platforms. I'm at Mitty Myers. Ryan's at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. I'm good. I could, <laughs> I could take it from here. You just like start. Yeah, I am on those places. Thanks, yep. Maddie. But You're I'm also welcome. on YouTube yep. and Twitch. As I said in this story, I've been lovely and Sora forever. Although we're almost there. We're almost there. But also, more importantly, you can hop over to... Uh, the Mutant Ages, I was like, uh, what is it? Uh, the Mutant Ages YouTube channel where we post uh, videos. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
lost my breath for a second. We're so right. exhausted. We've been talking for so long. No, it's not even that. I just was, I got distracted. Okay, so we post videos. We play every video game that it's a every video game ever. We actually play every X Men video game over there. We take clips from this show and match it up with the animation of the cartoons. We also do parodies on there and screenplay readings of the unproduced X Men screenplays. We put up our parody videos and stuff that we created when we were kids, including our X Men parody, and we reacted to that. So. If you want to know what we meant by me becoming the villain in D2, you can actually see that on that YouTube channel. You sure can. That's the YouTube. What am, what am I missing? I guess we can talk about all the ways you can support us. Like yes. we have a we have a store. Yeah. I put a link to the store in every episode description. And we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash the mutant ages, where you can oh, get Logan. bonus episodes, uh, copies of the songs that I write for the show. And our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. That's right. They do. Hey, everybody. It's me, Cloakie. And I want to say thank you to Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S for being our top tier patron supporters. You're just a bunch of little cuties. And remember, everybody, if there's a fire, just hide it or a blanket. It will go away. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Uh, and if you can't afford to support the show... It's all good, but please leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you use that allows for that kind of thing or share the show with your friends and tell them you like it. Yes. And that is all. We've done it again. Another listener mail for the books. We'll see you next time. Wait, what episode are we watching next week? Uh, 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 I've got it right here. I'm just scrolling down an Excel sheet. Next week, we are watching Badlands, which is another future episode. So I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be good. Yeah, I think it is going to be good. Yeah. Badlands episode 16. Yes. Out of 26. Yes, that's it. That's the one. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.